Welcome to Unfolding Words. This is episode number 38. He is the God who sees you. I'm your host and Tracy Moorings, and I'm back again this week to share biblical truth to offer light for your walk and life for your soul. Thank you so much for pressing play this week. I was going to talk about love this week in accordance with Valentine's Day, which happens later this week. But this message about Hagar has been on my heart for the past couple of weeks, so I decided to go ahead and share this message instead. Now, many of you may be be familiar with the story of Hagar. She was the slave or servant of Abraham and Sarah, who they enlisted. The scripture says that she looked on Sarah with contempt, and this caused a problem in the household. So because Hagar decided to act in such a way towards Sarah, she decided to put Hagar out, pregnant and all. And so when she was found, it says in chapter 16, verse number seven, the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, the spring on the way to Shur. So Hagar had decided to go back home to Egypt. That's where she was back on her way to when the angel of the Lord found her and he ended up finding her, speaking to her, and giving her some promises. And after this, she says in verse number 13, which is really the verse that I want to hone in on today. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing, for she said, truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. Now, maybe there's something in your life, an unseen burden, something that you feel like God just doesn't see or acknowledge something that's you've been dealing with and it feels like God just has glossed over it. Hagar knows all about this because this is the story of her life. So she had just, like I mentioned, she had just run away from her home on her way back to Egypt when the Lord found her. And when he did, he immediately touched on the issue that was hurting her the most, her relationship that had gone sour with Sarah. But God found her. He called her by name. He spoke to her, he looked after her, and he saw her. The Lord knew her name. He knew her as more than a servant, which was her status in Abraham and Sarah's home. God had not forgotten about her. And in Genesis 16, Hagar had been a tool for Abraham and Sarah to get a child. She was basically a means to an end for them. But God saw her as more than someone who could help Abraham and Sarah get what they wanted. She was more than just the servant girl. Now, if you read the scriptures, you'll see that Abraham and Sarah never, ever call her by her name. But God does not acknowledge her as the servant girl. He calls her by her name. This is the direct opposite of what she had been experiencing. They thought of Hagar as a slave and a foreigner, but God saw her as a person, a woman who he had a divine purpose for. He saw her differently and he knew her inside and out. And the angel of the Lord said said to her, where have you come from and where are you going? The questions that he asked her weren't to get information, but it was for her to understand what she was doing. So the questions weren't just about her situation at that moment. They reflected on her past and her future. And when Hagar answered, she didn't actually share everything. She kind of gave a half answer. She noted that where she was coming from, but she never said where she was going. So by only focusing on the past, Hagar was letting the angel of the Lord know that she didn't know what her future held, that her future looked pretty bleak. 
But God called her to pinpoint what she was up to and where she was going so that he could in turn let her know what his plan was for her life. So when Hagar shares that she's left her home because of mistreatment, which was understandable, but also understandable why Sarah put her out, the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. Submit comes from the Hebrew verb Ene, which can be translated to humble oneself, to submit oneself to reproach. So when faced with uncomfortable situations and people, what is our instinct? Our instinct and our first response is to run. And sometimes that is a good response. If you're in a physically abusive relationship, you don't want to stay there and get abused. But that's our response. But that wasn't what God was calling for Hagar to do at this time. Other times God will call you to endure hardship and harshness for his purpose. You can read First Peter chapter 2, verses 18 through 25 for more insight on this. And sometimes God's purposes and people are formed through hard times. Often victory comes through submission, even in the difficult times. But Hagar doesn't buck when God tells her to return. She doesn't even offer any excuses. Instead, her response is one of awe that God knows about her and that he cares about her. And in her response, we see a joy. And she becomes the only character in the Bible to actually name God. She says, you are a God of seeing. For she said, truly, I have seen him who looks after me. It's one thing to know in theory that God knows you and that he loves you. It's a whole nother thing to suddenly be aware of God's presence and personal care over you. We know that God loves his creation But to know that he's intimately aware and acquainted with everything that you're going through takes his awareness of you to a whole nother level. When Hagar is removed physically from those who had control over every aspect of her life, her identity became clear and her relationship with the one and true living God was solidified. Now, as a socially marginalized woman, it turns out that her most intimate relationship would be with the God of creation, which is miraculous in itself because she came out of Egypt, which is a polytheistic society. So she must have gleaned some knowledge about God from living in Abraham's home for her to be able to name God and to know that he saw her. And this seeing was a mutual seeing. She saw God and he saw her. Hagar was only the second woman after Eve to speak directly to God. When the angel of the Lord commanded Hagar to return and submit in Genesis chapter 16, verse 9, this reverses Hagar's escape plan. To some, this may sound insensitive and downright mean. For God to ask her to return to a place where she was abused, like why would he do that? But what follows shows how God will give Hagar a hope and a future. And it displays God's focus on the goodness that is going to be in her future. So when she returns, she will go back with strong promises that she received directly and personally from God. What's amazing is that it's usually men or patriarchs who received promises from God, men like Abraham, Noah, and Moses. But here God affirms a single mother who is working as a servant, pregnant with a child that really isn't even her own because it's going to be Sarah's child, essentially. She is only one of four people to hear of the covenant directly from God. But when she was obedient and went back to Abraham and Sarah while she was pregnant, years later, she will be put out again by Sarah because there had to be a separation between the child of the flesh and the promised child 
which was Isaac, and because Sarah realized that she did not want Ishmael, Hagar's child, to have any part of the promised child's inheritance. But this time, she would have an experience with God, which would make all the difference. So Abraham sent them on their way the second time with meager provisions, which is interesting because Abraham was a very wealthy man. He could have sent her away with more than a skin of water. But what we're going to see is how God was able to take care of her. So when the water ran out, Hagar expected her son to die from thirst. But the scriptures say God heard the boy crying and the angel of the Lord called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. And then God showed Hagar a well of water and she opened her eyes and saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. He opened up her eyes once again. Remember earlier, she saw him. He saw her. And again, the Lord had to open up her eyes so that she could see the well of water that was there. So she filled the water skin with water and ministered to her son, Ishmael. This part of the scripture reminds me of Danny Goki's song, There's Hope in Front of Me. And I want to read some of the lyrics. There's a place at the end of the storm you finally find where the hurt and the tears and the pain all fall behind. You open up your eyes and up ahead, there's a big sun shining. Right then and there you realize you'll be all right. There's hope in front of me. There's a light. I still see it. There's a hand still holding me, even when I don't believe it. I might be down, but I'm not dead. There's better days still up ahead. Even after all I've seen, there's hope in front of me. And I love how Jesus minister her, ministered to her so beautifully, letting her know that there was hope in front of her. Even though she had just been cast out of her home with her child, God was showing her, I am going to take care of you because I see you. Theologian Charles Spurgeon explained this experience of Hagar and how he provided for her. He says, as in Hagar's case, the supplier of their necessities is close at hand. The well is near. Secondly, it often happens that that supply is as much there as if it had been provided for them and for them only. And this well seemed to have been. And thirdly, no great exertion is needed to procure from the supply already made by God all that we want. She filled her bottle with water, a joyful task to her, and she gave the lad to drink. So God personally supplied this well of water for Hagar and her son, and she didn't have to jump through hoops to get it. She just simply went over there and filled it up. Such great care that he provided for this single mother. God can locate you. He knows just where you are emotionally, relationally. He knows every single thing that you're going through. Even that secret hidden thing that you don't let anyone know about. You put a smile on your face, but there's still this dull ache of pain because you know you're carrying this thing, whatever it is. God knows all about that. And God calls you by name. He's not just the God of the universe, but he's the God of personal, intimate relationship. He knows you personally. And God speaks to you just as he spoke to Hagar. God is interested in addressing you according to your specific situation. And he's not just interested in speaking to you. He's interested in looking after you. God has a plan of provision for you, just like he did for Hagar. God saw Hagar, God sees you, and God acknowledges you. Rest assured that if God hears what is happening in this Egyptian servant girl's world, he hears what is going on in your life. 
He hears the things that cut to your very heart, the things that feel like they're gripping the life out of you and ripping your heart apart. He hears them all. He hears the things which are said against you, those lies, those unfair things. He hears every single word. He hears the words that are said to hurt you. He hears the words spoken when the bad news is given to you. He hears the words that you utter through silent tears when no one else is around. He hears those words that you scream in anger, those questions that you ask, why, Lord, why? He hears and he wants you to know that you are not alone. And like Hagar, God opens our eyes to him. He opens our eyes to him and then he opens our eyes to his care, like he tended to Ishmael's cry and to his provision like the water that he provided for Hagar. Hagar had suffered slavery, jealousy, mistreatment, but God saw her and he had a plan for her. Isn't that encouraging? Lord, we thank you that you have a plan for our lives, that you have a plan to help us. And Lord, help us to be willing to submit to whatever situation you call us to. Help us to follow Hagar's example of obedience to you. Lord, let us allow you to touch those hurt and broken places inside all of us. And Lord, then open our eyes to you and to your provision. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. That's it for this episode of Unfolding Words. I pray that you remember that God sees you and that God knows you. Did you know that you can tell Siri, your Echo, or your Google device to play the Unfolding Words podcast? I just discovered this. So give it a try. Let me know how it works. And join me next week for another edition of the Unfolding Words podcast. And until then... May God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.